serving a miracle working God. Amen. I know of so many people this very day that need an absolute miracle in their lives. Whether it's in their body or in their home. And yet we know <clears throat> that no matter how impossible things can be sometimes. Yet our God's power and His Word is so great. There's nothing that can stop us if we believe that. You believe it? Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Thank you. Okay. Step in my office and get iPad 2. I've actually got three. I've got two iPads and I've got it on my phone. So we're ready. Y'all ready? Y'all good? I'm good too. Well, it decided to come back up again. Matthew 18, 18. Go ahead and bring it on out. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching what? Anything. That they shall ask. It shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. James 5.16 Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. This is more than saying a prayer. It's a fervent, effectual, something burning within you. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. First John three twenty one. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. Listen to this now. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Now notice this. Because we keep his commandments, and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Let me believe that. All those scriptures. All right, let's just hold our needs, our requests, and our heart today as we go before the Lord. Also, I've got a prayer call here for Sister Joanne Tessa. We certainly want to remember our sister. How many hands of need desire request in your heart today? Heavenly Father, as we bow our heads to the dust of the earth, Lord, from whence our bodies came and 
unless we're changed, they'll go back that same way. But how grateful we are to know today that we are more than just mortal men and women, boys and girls standing in this place today. But we have been touched by eternal life. Heavenly Father, we have read what we believe to be your infallible words. Lord Jesus, we bring our needs, our requests, our desires, our petitions before you. Asking you, Lord God, that you would move for those that are sick, those that are weary, those that are needy. Lord, this prayer cross that I have in my hand for Sister Joanne, how we miss her, Lord. We just miss her. Lord, she's not been the same since she had that surgery and Lord, it just caused so many different things about in our life. But we're asking you today in the name of Jesus, move for our sister father. As a body, we ask you and we agree together. Touch her today, Heavenly Father. All the needs of your people. Help me that I can get out of the way, Father, that you can speak through me the words of life. Grant it, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'd like to speak to you again today, if you don't mind, on the bride's bill of rights. I know I've read this to you, but I want to read it again. The bill of rights guarantees the liberty of the individual and limits the power of government in judicial and other proceedings. The U.S. Bill of Rights was ratified in 1791 and guarantees, among many other things, the rights of free speech, freedom of religion, and trial by jury. Our founding fathers must have deemed it very, very needy that after they developed the constitution of our great nation, that they felt something was left out and they needed to clarify and make it clear that people would know themselves and the government would know that we needed these rights. There's many rights, of course. It's been added since then. Many of you have heard about the Miranda rights. Y'all know what the Miranda rights are? It was given, of course, a decision made by the Supreme Court. I think it was 1966. And it is whenever you are arrested that a police officer will tell you you have the right to remain silent. If you say anything, it can and will be used against you. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, the court will appoint for you an attorney named after a man, of course, whose last name was Miranda. And it's something that has been instituted um, in our nation to protect. So if God wanted to give his people rights, you know what that speaks to me? That speaks to me that he knew we was going to need them. He ain't going to give them to us just so it'd sound pretty and nice. If I need rights, I'm going to need them. And if I'm going to need them, I guess I need to understand what I'm going to need them for. And I need to know what they are. And I need to know how to apply them whenever I'm in real need. So the majority of us more than likely will never even need to understand our Bill of Rights as American citizens. Of course, the way our country's going and the direction it's going, you never know anymore, do you? 
We never thought we'd be where we are right now. And who knows if the Lord tarries for a couple of more years where it will be that they will start. And we know that the prophet tells us that there will come a press and they will try to shut us down and all that sort of thing. But then he also tells us in Christ the mystery of God reveal, they'll never shut her up, she'll be taken up. So how all that's going to work, I don't know. But if need be, then I think we need to know our Bill of Rights. But one thing I do know for sure, as Christians, as children of God, I think the Lord wants us to know what is rightfully ours as believers. Can anybody say amen to that? So as the people of God, there are things that are given to us. Some of them come automatically. Some of them do not. Now, the attribute of righteousness, which is right standing with God, is something that comes by faith of accepting the atonement of what he did for us. The perfection, I heard Brother Joe talking about the other night to the youth, and he was talking about perfection. It just struck me again about the two aspects of perfection. And one of them is the tiskanu, which is the uh, perfection which is given to us by accepting the appropriation of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. But then there is another word that is used in the New Testament, perfect perfection, which is teleos, which means to grow up and mature. That's not speaking about sinlessness, but it's speaking about becoming mature, perfect. Sounds like the same thing to us, but it's not. So there's a difference between the two. And some of those things actually grow and they mature and they become more fluent in our lives as we become more submitted to him. And then there are certain things that we must do ourselves to have on our own. I've been looking at it in the last couple of days where Brother Branham would tell people that were sick and there was various things going on with them. And he would tell them, be a man, stand up. Take your healing from the devil. Don't let the devil rob you of your healing. I thought, isn't that amazing? There was times that God supernaturally would come through and just drive that evil away from people and they never had to do anything basically except just believe. And then there'd be other times that they would have to fight and they would have to push beyond that in order to get what was rightfully theirs. How many's had to do it in your life? Sure, if you've been saved long, you have. And yet it takes the Spirit of God to help us to know which one of those times is it going to be sovereignly given or is sovereign grace going to come and anoint me, anoint you to be able to stand and take what is rightfully ours. I believe myself it takes the Spirit of God to help us with that. So if we got a little bit of time today, I'd like to go through a few more of our rights. Is that all right? The rights as the people of God. And I'm going to start out heavy from the get-go, okay? So we're not playing. I'm not laying no foundation, no buttering up. Here comes the big guns right off. One of our rights as the people of God is to have deity inside of us. Now, this is not one of those things that we learn. This is not one of those things that we will eventually grow into. It's not one of those things that we can be taught into, educated into. You'll never have enough emotion to work yourself up into it. God is the only one that can give us deity because God himself is the only source of deity. But God is so great that he wants to share deity with his wife. 
Now, everybody in the realm of Christendom does not have deity embodied in their flesh. Every person that is saved does not have the indwelling presence of deity. They are justified and they're coming up to the second stage of grace, hopefully sanctification. But deity can only come when the deified one imparts this portion of his own being inside of us. Now, if we have that today, I figure we ought to be just some of the happiest mortals that are alive on the earth. Because you realize a lot of people will never have that. But yet God has made it available if we are the right category and we believe what he said. Notice in St. John 14, 20, at that day you shall know that I am in my Father and ye in me and I in you. Now, Jesus didn't say they knew it then, but he said at that day. So he was speaking prophetically to a timeline that people on the earth would start recognizing. Notice how he said it, that ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Notice this one is different than any other of the arrangements of the threefold of this mystery that Jesus says this. Generally, he would say, the Father and me and then you. But in this one, he sandwiched us right in between him and the Father. Now remember, him and the Father, the Father is not an old man and Jesus is a young man. But the Father is the Spirit and Jesus is the embodiment of the Word. So you and I become sandwiched in between the Spirit and the Word. So the Father is going to be the one that will pull us to himself. Notice he said it that day, you shall know that I am in my Father and ye in me and I in you. Verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words. And the church said, he won't just say he believes them, he will keep them. Amen. Notice, so he will keep my words and my father will love him and we, spirit and word, will come unto him and make our abode with him. Oh, you saying now, Brother Donnie, he's talking plural. That's right, he is talking plural. Not two gods, not an old man and a young man, but he's talking of this, this divine thing that God divided himself into, which is spirit and word. So we will come and make our abode in him. Now, for those of you that read your Bible and you listen to tapes and you listen to ministry and you try your best to be able to fill your minds and your spirit with the word of God, if you don't do that, I'd advise you to do so. Because what that does is that gives you the building up of much mechanics in your human spirit. That will build up the mechanics in your mind and in your memory. You see, one reason that I study so much, I, I don't have to study as much as I do, but I choose to do it this way because I found it out years and years ago when I was a Pentecostal preacher that the more that I laid in my spirit, once I got anointed by the Holy Ghost, it was like I was just giving the Holy Ghost more wood and more coal and more combustible substance for him to anoint. 
Well, I found that to be true when I studied the message of the hour. So whenever I go to preaching, and a lot of times it happens and I'm counseling people, and me and Carol, whenever we get done with that, we did here just last Sunday, and whenever we both left, she said, I was absolutely amazed. I said, I was too. I ain't even looked at them scriptures and I don't even know how long. I haven't even remembered those quotes and all how long. But what you have stored in you, then the Holy Ghost can come and use what you've got there. Now, if all you've got is money and fishing and hunting and going here and Disney and this and that and the other, the Holy Ghost don't use Disney quotes. The Holy Ghost don't use the price of gold and the price of aluminum and this and that and the other. The Holy Ghost uses his word. And you've got to realize as a soldier, you've got to have the word stored up inside of you for the Holy Ghost to use it. Now notice what Jesus says. We will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So unlike the Old Testament prophet, when the spirit of God would come on the man and then leave him. Come on the man and leave him. Unlike that, the spirit of God in the New Testament does not want to come on us. He does not want to make us emotional. We believe in emotion. We believe in shouting, running, praising God. But I want more than that myself. I don't want just that whenever I'm here and then when I walk out of here I ain't got enough victory to even blow the peach uh, fuzz off of the peach I want enough victory whether I feel God or not that I can stand and look the devil right square in the face and say back off this is my territory this is my property oh yes scream let's holler with the best of them let's clap our hands but let's have enough victory on Monday morning that when the devil says boo you boo back you don't just cast down oh devil oh devil oh no we want more than an emotional worker we want a stirring of the pillar of fire down inside of our hearts notice 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 know ye not that ye are the temple of God can you imagine how astounding that this must have been in the first century for people who are still transitioning from the Jewish temple and the Jewish temple was still built by this time this is written around 66 AD so almost some 30 years before it's going to be destroyed and here was Jews there was some Jews mixed amongst the people there because Apollos Aquila rather than them they were there living in the city of Corinth. So the Jews would have got this written epistle by Paul and you imagine when they opened this up and Paul said you are, are the temple of God. You talking about hard to swallow because some of them had been raised going to the temple. Can you believe in your mind that they would have had a hard time? Sure. Transitioning from that holy holy place and looking at themselves and say you've got to be kidding me. Well I can see God living in that with all the gold and the silver and the blue and the purple and all the magnificent building and all the great orchestration and all the cherubs and this and that and that same God would now live inside of me and I would be the temple of the Holy Ghost but I guarantee you they sent me light there in Corinth and when they read this they said praise be to God. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now remember, this is your right as a real son or daughter of God to have deity living inside of you. And the church said, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. 
Colossians chapter 1 verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do you believe Jesus Christ is deity? You believe he is deity? Then you have a right as a child of God to embody deity. I'm not talking about something that is less than Christ himself. I'm not talking about a lesser dose of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the very same thing that fell on the day of Pentecost. And while I'm here, let me say it this way. This is not just for preachers. And it's not just for a few special men in the message. Let me tell you this so you understand it right from the very beginning. I do not believe that preachers have the only option on receiving the Holy Ghost or being led by the Spirit of God. I do not believe that God intends for his bride to rally in this last day around a few special gifted men and everybody else just kind of sets down and well, nobody's got nothing. I saw that in Pentecost. It made me so sick to see it. I don't mind telling you, I see the same thing reoccurring again in our message. And you know what it always does? It will always pull, pull the emphasis away from God in the body and put it on God and a few hand-picked men. That's contrary to the Bible. That's contrary to the message. God wants every young boy, every young girl, every sister, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl to have deity living on the inside of them. He wants you to be able to speak to your enemy and say, take your hands off of my body. Take your hands off of my child. Take your hands off of my husband. Oh, praise the Lord. It ain't right, friends. It ain't right. It ain't pleasing to God that we start another thing that's been down through the ages that we would rally around a few special men and say, well, they're the only ones that's got it and everybody else just follows them. You show me that in God's word. There is no such a thing. Oh, sure, God's got men that are anointed by the Holy Ghost. But I'll tell you one thing. If we're not careful, we're going to get to that old Nicolaitan thing that everybody's got to move here and move there. Let me tell you right now, God don't want everybody moving to this church. God don't want everybody moving to Brother Tim Pruitt's church or Brother Ron Spencer's church or Brother Ron Peterson's church. God wants them staying where he put them. Well, come on, Brother Donnie, and preach. Amen. How are we all going to spread our light around the world if everybody comes here or everybody moves to Virginia or everybody moves to Minden, Louisiana? You are supposed to bloom where God puts you. You're supposed to bloom where God sets you out. Oh, I wish somebody would preach with me this morning. God wants you and I to be exactly what he's ordained us to be. I realize a lot of the mega church idea is sweeping the message of the last day. But let me tell you something. God's going to have preachers that pastor 20 or 30 or 40 and they're just as important in the kingdom of God as the biggest church inside the message and we don't need to run them down. We don't need to look down on them but we need to recognize God may have some in the inner city of Chicago. He may have some in Houston. He may have a little storefront here and there and there. He don't want them all to move over this place or that place. He wants them to move all right. He wants them to move deeper in Christ Jesus.
Jesus, and more full of the Holy Ghost, more full of the power of God. Brother Donnie, do you want a mega church? No, I want a church full of the Holy Ghost. I want a church full of the power of God. I don't want to be a mega pastor. I serve a mega God. We've got a mega message. We've got a message of the end time. That's what I want to be a part of. I'm not interested in having the biggest church in the message or the biggest church in Johnson City. I've got the biggest God in the message. I've got the biggest God. Hallelujah. Why would I want a man to be my idol? Well, glory. Whoever that was for, there you go. I want you to listen to this. Said in 1950, by the blood of Christ who cleanses us from sin, we become sons and daughters of God. Who is God? The one that stood there and rolled the stars off his hands and rolled the worlds out of his hands. Made the things which do not appear deity. And deity himself lives in man. The creator that made heavens and earth lives in mankind. Notice this, 1951. And we become in spirit sons of God. Deity dwells in the man. Hallelujah. Then you're talking about blind eyes being opened. They said nothing impossible to God. But God said nothing is impossible with you. Now we all believe the first part. And I wonder how many of us believe the second part that he just quoted. Nothing shall be impossible with you. Praise the Lord. Now you see what we need to move up? Now you see why Satan don't want you to see this? He, you know, the prophet never said, oh, if the message preachers will come to their place and the rapture will go. He said, if the bride recognizes who she is, then the rapture will go. It's not just me recognizing who I am. It's not Brother Darrell and these other ministers recognizing who they are. You've got to recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. Notice the very God that stood back there on the mythical platform of the eternities and rolled worlds off of his hands and created these things, give you the privilege to be his son. And you're a part of him and God dwells in mankind and man himself is deity. Hallelujah, there you are. It might choke you, but study over that a little while. It might choke you, but study over that a little while. Y'all ain't getting choked, are you? All right, I ain't got but one bottle of Gatorade. I got a few more in the fridge. Just raise your hand if you need it, and I'll help you. Now, watch this. Again, 1954. Can you imagine 1950, 1951, 1954? These statements are being preached while a lot of the other men are saying, now, who's, who's got $100 here tonight? I need 20 people that'll stand with 20. I need this and that and the other. You need my holy oil. You need my holy water. You need my holy this. And what was this man standing there saying? That God himself had come down in the form of a human being. You see, Brother Branham never left us 
us a college. We don't have a, a super highway named after him. We don't have an interstate or a bridge. You know, you go different places and there's bridges named after Billy Graham and there's roads named after Oral Roberts and this named after this man and that man. He didn't leave us a college. He didn't leave us a road. He left us a word to get to heaven. Oh, Robert's Bridge will never help you across eternity. Billy Graham's Bridge over in Nashville will never help you get into eternity. But the message of God given to us by the prophet of Malachi 4 will help us span the pace of time and bring us into eternity. But not only when we're dying, but right now, it will help us to recognize we are the bride of Jesus Christ. Oh my, deity itself lays in the man that's received the Holy Spirit. Now let me go back up here and read this again just to give you a little preview of where we're going. God himself came down into a blood cell and wrapped the blood around him. So here comes the eternal and he grabs a hold of a blood cell that he created and wrapped himself. You're talking about humility and big becoming little. How could the eternal one grab one blood cell that he created and wrap himself so small and so small and so small and so small and so small? small? And he wrapped that blood cell around himself and got inside the womb of Mary. Lord to God, that makes me feel like running. The blood cell, the germ of life, God himself wrapped, wrapped in this blood cell that brought forth the Son, Christ Jesus. How does he do by that? To make you perfect. Don't you understand why he did this? He wrapped himself in that blood cell so the sword would pierce the blood cell and release God. Thank you, Lord God. Now what does he do? He brings you through that blood cell into himself. You get it. Through the blood cell of the Lord Jesus that unveiled the life of Jehovah and we coming through that blood cell become a part of that life. So deity itself lays in the man that received the Holy Spirit. Don't stop by just coming to church. Don't stop by saying, I believe God sent a prophet. That's good, but don't stop there. You don't get the blood cell by saying, I believe Brother Adam was a prophet of God. I believe Brother Donnie's a good man. I I believe this in my home church. Oh, that's good, but don't stop there. There's only one way you get deity. You got to get inside the blood cell. Why? The blood cell held deity. The blood cell held deity. And then that sword, oh, that spear, that Roman soldier, whenever he pierced him, it broke open the blood cell. God could wrap himself, but God couldn't release himself. God couldn't release himself. It had to be through that breaking of the blood cell, through anger, through wrath. 
Then when he broke it open, then a little woman comes up, a little man, a drunk, a liar, a hearted, a prostitute, comes through the process of the new birth. All they know is wretchedness and sin and vile their whole life. And they come through the process of God and God changes them. And God gives them deity. (laughs) So deity lays in the man that's received the Holy Spirit. You are a son. I'm a Branham by birth. And a part of Mr. and Miss Branham is in me. And if you become a son or daughter of God, part of deity lays in the pastor and the great evangelist? Where does it lay? You tell me. Hallelujah. Not Christ in the preacher. Not Christ just in the special anointed man of God. But Christ in you. The hope of glory. Brother Don, why you say this? Because you've got to recognize who you are, saints. You're not going to overcome us. Well, glory to God. Brother Don is a good brother. I believe he really loves the Lord. I appreciate that with all of my heart. But the devil won't hit you as long as you're around me, maybe. He'll hit you when you're by yourself. We don't want our young people going to every youth camp there is and every youth banquet that there is and shouting and running and jumping around and coming back with not an ounce of victory. We want them to go and get something and bring it back home to us. We want them to have victory when they get back where they can say glory to God. The Lord touched me at camp, but the touch was lasting. It didn't last till I just got home and it was gone, but I got a touch, praise the Lord, and I want to share it with others. Notice this, you see how the devil robs you So, oh, you can't do this. All things are possible to them that believe. You are a part of deity. A son and a daughter. Why, brother? It surpasses all angels. Archangels. Do you understand if an angel of God was here in this place today, an angel of God could not come here and take my iPad and preach what the Lord has given me to say to you today. And Brother Darrell, one of these other brothers is standing up here preaching today. That angel would be out of his place to walk up there and take that iPad because God never committed the preaching of the word to angels. God never sent angels down here to lay their hands on the sick and anoint you with oil. God called his men, his servants to do the same. Not only men, but sometimes a mother might sit there and have compassion on a crying baby in another mother's arms and lay her hands on that baby and God hear that mother's prayer. But of course, if we can get our eyes off of us and just put it on this special man, that one, this special pastor, this special man here, then what do we all do? We fall right back in the same soma, the same slump that we were in before the message that was all about the great men, the great men this and the great men that. Let me tell you something, there'd be no need for great men if there wasn't some great people for them to preach to. I could dismiss you all right now 
okay? Stop my sermon, put a pause, dismiss all of you, and try to resume it. We'll see how well it goes over in these nice chairs. Whenever we were shut down for COVID, I can tell you it was one of the hardest times I've ever preached in my life. Wasn't it, Brother Darrell? It was so difficult. The words were the same. The scriptures were the same. The quotes were the same. What was missing? You all. You see, it's not the preacher that makes it work. It's not the musicians alone that makes it work. It's the body. It's the body. Oh, I want you to come up for prayer. I want you to come when we have evangelism. My, didn't Brother Timothy do an awesome job here Wednesday night? And God moved for many of you. But the point I want you to get is, you don't want to just be touched when a special man prays for you. But you want something that whenever that man's gone home and he's a thousand miles away from you, that you know where you stand because you've got that same God living inside of you. Oh my, it surpasses all angels, archangels, everything else. It comes right into the presence of the potter himself. And how are we brought through the blood? Then you come into deity and you become a part you're welded in. Ah, you're welded in. You see, there's a lot of difference of being welded in and stuck in. Some folks get stuck in from one meeting to the other. They get stuck in here and then they pull out and then they're stuck in that. But once you're welded in, you're good to go. I'll tell you one thing, when the Holy Ghost wells you into the body, I'd like for the devil to try to come and bring his cutting torch and cut me out. Ain't enough devils in hell to cut me out of the body. Well, praise the Lord. I ain't just talking about me. I'm talking about you young men. I'm talking about you sisters that have got the Holy Ghost. The Lord God himself welded you into the body of Christ. There's not enough sickness. There's not enough demons. There's not enough power. There's not enough of anything that Satan can do to pull you out of the body of Christ. Let's think of God folding around him now. We're going to enlarge it billions of times from this blood cell. And there God in this blood cell folded himself up. So God just folds himself and just shrinks down to something so small. You'd have to have a microscope to see it. You see, man cannot humble himself to that place. Man all the time is wanting to be bigger and greater and greater and more and more and more. And God folded himself and folded. Don't you understand why the prophet called it a slowly unfolded mystery? Why? Because it was folded. God folded and wrapped himself in the blood cell. Notice what he says wrapped himself in this blood cell and come to redeem man to life. Hallelujah. There when the blood cell spread out, spread out and brought the body, Christ Jesus, Jehovah himself was tabernacled in him that through the bursting of the blood cell at Calvary. 
Now look, it's not enough for us to look at the chemistry and think we're in because we believe on the chemistry. You've got to tap into the unfolding of the life. Notice he says again that God might bring sons and to himself in the blood. So the sale of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ unto himself and we become a part of God. That's what makes Satan mad. Oh, praise the Lord. I don't know about you, but it is part of my reason on the earth is to make Satan mad. I absolutely love tearing that dude up. I absolutely love making him mad. Oh, I tell you, he'll make you pay later, but it sure is fun while you're in the middle of it. I love making him mad. I love stirring him up. I love stirring hell up. And you know what? I've ran, I've ran, I've danced, I've shouted, I've jumped, and all that is good. But right here's what makes the devil mad, brother. When we become a part of God, it's easy when I've stood under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and command demons to come out of people and watch them come out of there and that thing head towards you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And that thing come back and try to haunt you. Remember, brother, man, talking about them demons? He would cast them out at night and they would come in the hotel room where he was and he would hear chains rattling all night long. And they would come and rub their flesh up against his. Oh, my. You better know where you stand whenever you go to doing that sort of thing. Now notice, but what do we want? We want deity that indwells in us that when we feel absolutely nothing, when the anointing is not around and the song leader ain't around and the preacher ain't around, we can stand right there and say, I ain't backing up, devil. That's what makes Satan mad. That's what shakes him. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Wouldn't you love to see the devil just sitting around shaking I think you wouldn't see me shake. And the demon said, what's the matter, devil? What's the matter? You're the king. What's the matter? Oh, that little woman got down on her knees to pray again. Oh, Lord, no, not her. Oh, what, 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 what in the world's going on? It's that little boy. He ain't but 14 years old, but that little boy's got deity on the inside of him. Every time he goes to pray, and I get all shook up. What a testimony to have. What a testimony to have that the devil gets all torn up when you go to praying. Oh, you say, I know there is nothing impossible with God. He said, there is nothing impossible to you. I need help. I need help. Now we are sons of God. Deity itself lives in every believer. Every man that's born of the Spirit of God is a part of God. No wonder he believes in the supernatural. No wonder he can believe in anything. Why is it? In him is a portion of God wrapped up in that mortal body. Uh Uh-oh, here's that same word. A portion of God now is wrapped up in your body. Now, I want you to listen to this. I know some of the message folks in there choked to death and swallowed their tongue on the rest of this quote, but I'm going to go and read it anyway. 
Oh, Lord. In him was a portion of God wrapped up in that mortal body with their sin and everything else. But down in there, some work of God alone in regeneration. This is my right, Brother Steve. It's your right, my brother. It's your right, my brothers and sisters, for deity to embody itself and for you to become its shrine, its temple. Praise the Lord God. Don't just say kind words to saints. Don't just try to be nice to saints. Say a kind word to the woman at the Walmart that says, my, I got the temperament of a porcupine. That might be the only kindness they get all day long because the rest of the world out here about the same way they are. You know what I'm talking about? People ain't got time to be kind no more. And some of the Christians, it's a sad thing to think, well, I can only be kind to them of my own kind. I try to be kind to every mortal I can be kind to because it might be the only kindness they get the entire rest of the week. I want to let my light shine. I want to let them know. I don't want them to know I'm a preacher. I don't go around packing a Bible and an iPad and dressed up in a suit. You know I hate a suit. Man, you think God ain't got a sense of humor? I got her dressed up in a suit and I hate a suit. But I don't go around packing a Bible, you know, and doctor so-and-so and uh, this and that and the other, but I pack Jesus everywhere I go. Why? I am his temple. I'm his temple when I got my blue jeans on. I'm his temple when I got on my comfortable shoes. I'm his temple when I've got on a t-shirt. I am his temple when I'm in Walmart. I'm his temple when I'm in Lowe's. I'm his temple everywhere I go, and I want to let the deity inside the temple shine out. If your life tallies up to the life of Jesus Christ, that is, he said in his word there, if you'll say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt, but believe it's coming to pass, you can have what you say. Can't you see why Satan wants to take this off and put it on just preachers? then you don't have to produce this. That's why I've got Brother Tony. That's why I've got Brother Timothy, Brother Joel Brown. That's why we've got these other brothers around here. Well, my goodness, I, well, I can't do that. I'm just an ordinary, I'm just an ordinary human. And what do you figure I am? You figure I'm a, I'm a human on steroids? You figure underneath this shirt and this vest here lays wings? No. No, there ain't no wings on that, I can tell you. More like horns sometimes. <laughs> But don't sit there and look at me, you bunch of bulls. Y'all got the same thing that I have. Oh, y'all might want to come and act like you're so holy and so pious. You're as rotten, stinking, low down, no good as every other mortal on the earth. Just like I am. If it wasn't for the grace of God, and we're telling what in the world would be this morning. Maybe out there hanging on some type of hangover the night before or laying dead because we overdosed on some sort of drug. But here we are sitting in the presence of Jesus Christ and hearing his word and saying amen. Why are we different? Because deity itself tabernacles in our body than less act like it. Let's act like we are the temple of the Lord. We are the shrine of God. We are the edifice of the last days. I mean, he's got some mountains in front of you today. Me too. 
If you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt, but believe that it's coming to pass. You can have what you say. He repeats it, what you say. And the only way you could move that mountain would have to be deity speaking. I've got to be honest with you. I've quoted the word many a time and nothing happened. Absolutely not one thing. I might as well have quoted Hamlet. I might as well have quoted Shakespeare. I might as well quote it, you know, some great poet as far as material, physical evidence happening whenever I said it. How many's ever been there and done that? Well, you need this and this. And glory to God, I'm going to be bold. Hallelujah. Look out, devil. Here I come. You're abiding me and my word's abiding you. Ask what you are. I'm asking right now in the name of Jesus, this certain, certain thing happens. We have to keep believing. He didn't say it would happen right then. Maybe a little grain of sand on the other side of that mountain when you spoke went tumbling right down. Nobody ever saw it. It was so little, even the devil didn't pay no attention. That's to his demise too. And then God did it out of your sight and then tomorrow another rock fell and another rock fell and another, well, there comes a song and another rock fell and another rock fell. As I spoke his word, another rock fell and another rock fell. As I believed his word, Hallelujah, hallelujah. It may be a week, it may be a month, it might be a year, and on the other side of the mountain, it's done half gone. But where you're looking at it, oh no. The only way you could move that mountain would have to be deity speaking. When you're a son of God, you receive God, which is Zoe, God's own life. And you become a part of God. Okay, I'm not very smart. All right, don't y'all say amen to that either. So, dogs beget, cats beget, horses beget. And if God ever gave birth, are you brazen and bold enough to say, so if God ever gave birth, what would God give birth to? You got the cat part, you got the dog part, you got the horse part. Why is it so hard? It's this. It wants to keep us back from acknowledging what's inside of us. But Brother Donnie, if you only lived with me, you might not say that. Well, that's true. But I do live with me. I do live with me, and I know how I am as a mortal. I get afraid. I get fearful when things are said or this or that or the other. I get fearful as a man. You say, you? Yes. Let me go a little further and tell you, according to the book of Hebrews, the Lord Jesus feared Deity in a human temple does not eliminate all fear, but it gives you a peace to help calm it down. It's a human reaction whenever you hear a bad news or a bad doctor's report or whatever more, and immediately, an immediate response takes place in your flesh. 
You know what I'm talking about? You hear bad news, you get a phone call. Oh my, your husband's been in a wreck. Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh no, 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 no. God, no, no, don't take him, don't take him. Of course, I guess it depends on what kind of husband he's. Oh Lord, take him, take him, take him, God. And you start texting me, Brother Donnie, prepare the funeral service. But after that instant, what happens from a sin? Deity. Deity. Did not I tell you I would never leave you? I would never forsake you. Haven't I been with you this far? Will not I take you the rest of the way through? Children, aren't you glad for that? I see why people out here drink. I see why they dope. I see why they do what they do. There ain't no telling what we would be if it wasn't for him and our temple. But what would we be? What would we wind up being in this crazy world? But we have deity enthroned in our bodies. Notice this. To be a Christian, you must be Christ-like tabernacling deity in you with the Holy Ghost. Notice, light fell on the day of Pentecost. You mean the message Holy Ghost is the same one that Peter and them had? How many believe that? Same power? Do the same things? Same works? Well, they acted like drunk people. Can they do the same thing to us? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils? Oh, why is there so many message people don't believe that? And they'll try to make you 1906 Pentecost if you preach it. When their own prophet that they say they believe said this. Oh, my. With the Holy Ghost like fell on the day of Pentecost, not some emotion, but I mean a real Pentecost. That's right. I've never believed that the Holy Ghost was shaking. I've never believed that the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in tongues or crying or shouting, them emotional sensations. I believe the Holy Ghost can do that. That's when you're supposed to say amen. I believe the Holy Ghost can do that. But the Holy Ghost is tabernacling deity. Some of you ain't never shouted in your life, and some of you probably ain't want to shout. Some of you just ain't shouters. Some of you is criers. I don't think I ever seen Brother Jim Babb shout. I was with him for many, many years. But I'd watch him as he'd sit over here to my right, and whenever the word, some of y'all was shouting and jumping, he was sitting there just, tears just pouring out, and then maybe I'd talk to him the next day, or the next day, Brother Donnie, I just had to tell you that, that they was so, and he was ecstatic, wilder than a Timbuktu Indian, and wasn't even moving out of his seat. But you see, we begin to think, well, in order to be spiritual, you've got to be this way, that way. And we start making a mold of what we think everybody ought to fit. Do you understand what you're doing? You're making an organization. 
I don't care if you don't run a lot, Brother Darrell. Me and Carol was talking about it the other day. She said, Donnie, do you really believe that Jesus preached like you? I said, I don't. I said, I don't believe Jesus preached like Brother Darrell. I don't think Jesus preached like Brother Ron, and I named some different emotional preachers. I don't believe Jesus preached like that. The Bible says there in one place that Jesus sat down and opened his mouth, and those words have flowed out of his mouth. So would we think he was anointed? Why? Because we tend to think the anointing is movement and emotion. No, the anointing will move on our emotions and make us emotional. But that don't mean it's the Holy Ghost doing it. Look, friend, I've seen folks do all kinds of carryings on and live with somebody else's wife. That don't mean it's the Holy Ghost. Brother Don, don't you believe that? With all of my heart. And I don't want you just to be emotional. I want you to tabernacle. So when the emotion cannot be found and you feel like you're about to lose your mind, you can speak from your soul and say, Satan, you will not defeat me. Hallelujah. People get worked up and excited. Emotion. It's not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is tabernacling. Deity. Got a few more minutes. Pergamion Church says, when a spirit-born, spirit-filled man in faith takes that word into his heart and places it on his lips. I want you to notice your part in this. You have to take this word, oh glory, place it in your heart. Notice a man, spirit-filled man takes the word into his heart and places it on his lips. God ain't doing this part. This is your part and my part. So I take the word into my heart. I think, I study on it. I think about it. Oh yes. Then when the time is right, I place it on my lips. I don't mind telling you, that's the scary part for me. I don't get scared when I read these quotes. I mean, I was sitting there reading them this morning. I thought, Lord, have mercy. I about have a spell. Just sitting there studying, looking at it. I don't get scared on that. But now for me, facing a need, I think something that's pressing against me to be able to take it from my heart that I've committed to and move it from here to up here and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. I, I, uh, I'm going to get my phone, I'm going to call Brother Darrell, and I'm going to ask Brother Darrell if he will uh, uh, pray for me. Uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to call, uh, I'm going to, I tell you what I'm going to send Brother Tim and Brother Ron a text, because we're on a three-way chat. I, I'm going to send them a text. And tell them that I need a word from the Lord. And I've got something in my way this morning. And I didn't need to move out of my way. And ask them if they would feel led to say it for me. Boy, it's hot in here this morning. Or is it just me? But when a man can take the word into his heart and place it. Place it on his lips. 
Why, that is the same as deity speaking. But you see, we've all seen people do that that was wrong. Maybe us a few times. We've tried to take that word here and speak it and say, glory to God, I feel it all in the name of Jesus. And we messed up. So then the next time, it makes it a little bit harder because I think, I might mess up again and I don't want to bring reproach on the Lord. I don't want to bring reproach on the Word. I guess I'll just hold my peace. Exactly what Satan wants you to do. To where you store it in your heart and sometimes your heart feels like it's about to explode. But you just keep it right there. I mean, knows what I'm talking about. Maybe some of you are sitting here today and you have never been where you are. You need a word from God so desperately. You need something from Him so desperately. And He may use a preacher. Yeah, I believe the Lord sent Brother Timothy here last Wednesday to speak to us, don't you? You remember that scripture that he read there? He said the Lord gave him that scripture for us. How fitting it was. I believe the Lord did that, don't you? It didn't take hardly no courage at all for me to sit right there beside my wife and say amen whenever he said it. I I just said, amen, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for sending that word. But now what if God anoints me to say a word to you this morning? And I have to speak it before hundreds that are here and thousands that are streaming. Ah, well, I get nervous. I mean sweating bullets. I'm talking about missiles. I go to sweating missiles. So what if God anoints you to come and give me a word? Brother Donnie, I don't know what you're going through, but the Lord told me when I was sitting there, it's going to be all right, brother. Don't fear. God's going to move for you. Well, hallelujah. The longer I go, the quieter you all get. Friends, don't you see why we need help? I mean, I would admit it. Lord, I need help. I need help moving this word from my heart to my mouth. Why, it's the same as deity speaking. Listen, what, what this type of an individual, what he's equipped with. Every mountain has to go. Satan cannot stand before that man, by the way. Now, I mean, I was just talking about a sister with long hair and long dresses, and the brother cut their hair, and the brothers thank God don't wear dresses to our church and miniskirts, and thank the Lord. I'm glad they don't do that because I'd hate to have to throw them out on their head. <laughs> That's all well and good. But what about this? Don't nobody, don't nobody want this part too. Or are you going to go around every day doing this? No. Some of you may do it once in your life. Some of you may do it a half a dozen times. But that one time you speak it, it might be to a backslider. And you may be packing life that will bring them back to complete restoration. It may be that God will use a little, a little personal lay member and anoint them to write a card to, to one of these ministers here that's going through such a terrible time. And God would use you. Brother Timothy mentioned the other night about the card and the thing that he'd received and it was already in the mailbox. He's waiting for him to go down and get it. 
And God may use you to encourage a man of God that was feeling like he was wasting his time. And you say, well, I ain't nobody. I ain't nobody. The Spirit of God moves on your heart to send me a card. Send it. Spirit of God moves on your heart to send me an email of encouragement, a text of encouragement. Send it because God alone knows what I'm going through. If it lays on your heart to send on these other ministers, you send it because God may use your very handwriting or your texting to bring a little bit of joy to help me through that difficult time that I'm going through. But if everybody says, well, I'm nothing and I ain't nobody, so I don't know if Brother Don even knows my name. I don't know if it'd mean anything to him or not. If he got a card from me, let me tell you something, friend. If God told you to do it, it wouldn't mean everything to me. Why? God led you to speak something to me. Oh, my. Let me close. Every mountain has to go. Satan cannot stand before that man. Stand. Praise the Lord. I wonder how many people are standing here today with deity inside their bodies. The same one who wrapped himself up in that blood cell has now wrapped himself up in yours, in your body, in your temple. And he's wanting to get out, not to leave you, but so that he can express himself to others. You won't have to worry about preaching. Most of you ain't going to. You won't have to worry about standing up and prophesying. Oh, but I'm afraid God will embarrass me. No, no, don't, don't worry about it. God will never ask you to do something that he's not called you and gifted you to do. If God's called you, he's gifted you to be able to do it. But it will take that pulsation of faith. Brother Don, you go around speaking all the time? I don't. Why? Same reason you don't. I don't want to be wrong. I've seen enough in my life where people said, the Lord told me this, and thus saith the Lord, and the Lord said that, and the Lord said that. And you, you, you see by the fruit of it that it's not God. And God don't lie. And God don't never tell us nothing to break his word. So what does that tend to do, Brother Jack? It tends to make us more afraid. Don't it? Because we don't want to bring no reproach on Christ or his word. But if this quote is never going to be fulfilled, I don't understand why it was ever allowed to be placed in the church age book. If what Jesus said in John is never going to come to pass in our generation, and we're are the continuation of that apostolic age, I don't see why Jesus did not put a time limit on that and say, this will only be good for the first three or four church ages. After that, they will see so much flesh and so much error that they'll become so nervous I will invalidate this scripture from, say, 606 A.D. on to the end of the rapture. I just can't believe that. It's either true or it's not true. How many believes it's all true? How many believes you know where the problem is? Now, don't point your finger at me now because I'm not your problem. Brother Stewart, don't point it over at her. Brother Rob, you can't point at yours because she ain't here today. 
She's streaming. All right, he's pointing to her on the camera. Where's the problem? Brother Tim, where is it? Right here. It's right here. Let's just pray. Oh, Jesus. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Our old flesh, our old humanity. I've mentioned it to you for decades of my life. I don't know why you ever even called me in the first place. I'm a poor excuse of a preacher. I'm a poor excuse of a leader. I don't know why you'd even fool with me. We look at ourselves today and we think, Lord, why in the world would you even want us? Some of these men could stand here today and say, Lord, why would you even give me grace? Even after you saved me, I've messed up so bad. I've done so much stupid stuff, Lord, in life, they might say. But yet you chose to wrap yourself in our flesh. Oh, God, what a gift. Love divine from the heart of the Lord Jesus straight into man. Deity untold through the mysteries unfold. The great power of God in this earth as we trod. The Almighty Himself become one of us to give us his life. Hallelujah. And indwell in us. Not another God, but the same. The same power, the same works, and the very same name. That immortality might embrace a creature of time. And take us beyond natural substance into the sublime. That the eternal one would condescend and wrap in a blood cell. That he would deliver my soul from the power of hell. Hallelujah. And here we are today with that same deity power living in us and reigning in this hour, making us to be what his word has said and declared to be and manifested and read. What others will scoff at and truly make fun, yet with this in our souls, this race, we must run. For it is not ourself it is not our ability, but deity himself living in us. Oh, hallelujah. Who are we that love divine would so strike our souls in a moment of time that the eternal would embody himself in our flesh and give us of his deity that we might be embraced.
Christ. And soon he will come and take us away to that blessed place that he said there that day, I go to prepare a place there for you. And if I go and do it, children, I will come after you. For I will take you to my place so far away. All of your troubles and sorrows will vanish away. Arise, my love, and look up to the sky. For soon and very soon, this is the direction you will fly. In a moment, your body shall be changed. Your cells and your bones shall be rearranged by the indwelling of my presence that lives inside of you. You will know it's I, the Lord God, I have kept you true. Be not afraid. Shudder not. Look not at the darkness, but look to me, for it is he that walketh among Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am your lily. I am your bright and morning star. It is me who formed myself that I could come into your heart. You are my temple, my tabernacle this day. Let me be enshrined in you, my love, that I can take you Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, the great poet himself. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. Help us, Jesus. Lord God, may deity, may deity, Live out of us, speak out of us, live what we can't live, say what we can't say, do what we can't do. Please, Lord. Lord, your children are so needy and they're hurting and they're going through so much stuff. Lord God, help us. Help us, Father. Let faith arise. Let us meet the challenge of the hour. Grant it, I pray, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I mean, we just raise your hands to him today, Lord. I need your help. I need your touch. Remember Brother Timothy's title there Wednesday night, the healer hasn't lost his touch. Maybe you don't need healing. Maybe you need healing in your spirit or whatever else you need in your life today. Maybe you're battling a besetting sin, something that's getting the best of it and you can't overcome it. Make today be your deliverance. May the Spirit of God, you brothers, take your lips and speak to that besetting sin. Maybe it's a pornography. Maybe it's temper. Maybe it's something else, resentment. May the Spirit of God move that word out of your stored heart. Many of you have said under the ministry of the word for decades, but don't make it just a storage room. Let the Spirit of God in your hour of need It don't take a whole book. 
sometimes just a few words. Praise the Lord. Move it from my heart today, Jesus. Move it from my heart today to my lips, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to overcome this, Lord. Is there anybody here that can say that to God? I'm going to overcome this thing, Lord. This thing's not going to get the best of me. I'm going to overcome this. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, let the word move from your heart up there to your mouth. Lord God, it's your promise. I've got a right to deity to live inside of me. I've got a right to oneness with God. I've got a right to healing. I've got a right to peace. I've got a right. I'm a son of God. I have a right to healing in my body. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We bless your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I have a right, Lord. I have a right as your son. I'm called. I'm anointed. I have a right to lay hands on your sick children and watch them get well. I have a right to cast evil spirits off of them. I'm not backward. I'm not bashful today about saying it. It is my right. I have a right to preach deliverance to the people of God around the world. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord God, I have a right when I get in a straight and a dire need and I don't know what to do. I have a right to call on your name. I have a right, oh God, to believe that you will give me a word in due season. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we worship you today, Father. We love you, Lord God, with all of our hearts. Lord Jesus, we worship you. Father God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. You see, there's many needs among our people today. Lord God, send your word and heal them. Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus. Go there, Lord, to Erica today. You see this need in her body, Father? It makes no difference what the doctors say. It makes no difference their report. It makes no difference, Lord God. Brother Michael Carter, you see, Lord, his need today. Sister Joanne Tessa, Father, her need. Others in our congregation that needs you today, Lord, would you pass by their way, Father? In the name of Jesus, may the healing of Jesus Christ come through this building today. And Lord, some of the greatest needs are not even of people that are here, but those that don't even feel like being here today. But in the name of Jesus, may you walk into their bedroom right now, Father. May the angel of God visit their neighborhood, their cul-de-sac. You know each one of their house numbers. You know where they live. In the name of Jesus, may the Spirit of God go to them right now, Father. As your children, we declare it in the name of the Lord Jesus. We're not speaking anything out of turn because the Bible tells us by your stripes they have already been healed. In the name of Jesus, may their faith rise to that level and may our faith rise to the level that we can say you are a healer. And he believes he's a miracle worker. Hallelujah. I woke up early this morning before daylight hearing the words to this song. He's still doing miracles today. 
I heard it over and over again. I went back to sleep. Woke up a couple hours later, still before daylight, and I heard the words again, he's still doing miracles today. He's still doing miracles today. Anybody can say it with me? He's still doing miracles today. Well, you say, Brother Donnie, I don't need one today. Well, hang on to it because you might need one tomorrow. And if you don't need one tomorrow, you might need it Tuesday or Wednesday. I guarantee you one thing, before we leave this place, I figure we're going to need more than we've ever needed in our life. I don't know what you're expecting for the end time. I'm expecting to see our God move among us. Our prophet told us that there was coming a time when missing limbs would be restored. Oh, you said that can't be. I believe it was all of my heart. I believe our God. Why? So he can prove that I'm something, these preachers are something. No, I'll tell you right up front. We are nothing. We are nothing. We are absolutely human vessels. If God wants to use us for that, that's fine. He's the only one that deserves the praise. He's the one that deserves the credit. I think we ought to enter in these doors under such anticipation that we think, what is God gonna do today? What is God gonna do here Wednesday night? Oh my, the only thing that hinders him is our expectation and our faith from believing it. Oh, praise the Lord. Would you turn and lay your hand on one another? We got our sister that's gonna be baptized this morning, Sister Mary Beth, she'll Come prepare for that. Brother Lou, you're going to come lead the singing. You want Brother Aaron, one of these brothers too? We're going to pray for one another before our sister comes and prepares. Whatever your need is today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Lord God. Hallelujah. Father. May your presence, Lord Jesus, touch your children today. No doubt the needs among us would be so great. Some of them to hear them would be heartbreaking. But Father, we lay them at your feet today. We cast all of our cares on you, for you care for us. Father, right now believers are touching one another and having their hands laid on each other. This is your word. So we're asking you right now in the name of Jesus, would you heal those that are sick? Would you encourage those that are weary, Father? Those that may be down, Lord, and discouraged, would you bring encouragement to them today, Lord? Lord God, those that are streaming the service and those that are archived from around the world, might be in Iceland, Greenland, Norway, France, Belgium, wherever it is, they may have their head bowed, pulled off on the side of the road. May the Spirit of God go right there to my brother in his car, my sister in her car. Lord, you see what they have need of, Father, in the name of Jesus. Would you move among your children today? We need you, Lord. We need you right now. Lord, some of us, we can't go another year without a touch. We can't go six months, Father, without a touch. We need you now. Help us, Jesus. Oh, Lord God, we worship you. We worship you, Lord God. Hallelujah. I need you, Lord. I need you.
right now. Thank you, Father. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Hallelujah. Let's sing it now. Remember, you're his temple. I need you, Lord. Let worship and love and praise come out of your temple right now. Hallelujah. If you need prayer now, some of these minister brothers will come and pray for you while I go prepare for the baptism. Worship at
Hallelujah. Our sister Mary Beth, the Lord, been dealing with her heart. Glory. Amen. We're so grateful to see God Hallelujah. dealing with these people, aren't we? Of all the miracles that we could see, the greatest is for a person to truly be born again and changed by the power of God. Let's just pray with our sister. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, Lord, for what you, we see you doing in the lives of your children. Our sister comes today, Father, to take on your name in baptism. Lord God, I just pray that as I baptize her in water, Lord God, may you fill every fiber of her being with the Holy Ghost. Lord Jesus, may you make her what you want her to be. Oh, Lord God, we commit her to you today. Open her understanding greater and greater as you do all of us daily. Be with her and keep her by your grace, Father, we pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Sister Mary Beth, upon your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, don't it do your heart good to see somebody take on his name in water baptism? Praise the Lord. Have you enjoyed service today? Do you appreciate the report we've heard today? Brother Darrell, come and do that song, Whose Report Will You Believe? I love to hear this guy sing this, don't you? Nobody can sing it hardly like Brother Darrell, thank God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ain't God good. Amen. Ain't nobody like our God. Amen. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Amen. I remember when, when Jessica was hurt so bad. What Brother Donnie preached this morning is true. The doctors would come and they'd tell us this bad report. This lump would come up in my throat. I'd get scared. That's my baby. But I told my wife, I said, I'm going to the chapel. I'd go down there and lay on my floor, pray out to God. I'd come back and say, it's going to be all right. Because we take his word over the doctor's report. Thank God for doctors. But I'm glad we have another report today. Isaiah's report. Hallelujah. He's the healer of our body, the creator of our souls. He's got it all in control today. Amen. Well, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. His report says, His report says, I am sealed. His report says, I am
God today. I was supposed to have been in Michigan preaching this weekend, but I scratched the cornea in my eyes, and so if you see them real red, I have not been drinking, but <laughs> my eyes are a lot better than they was yesterday, just really rough Friday and a lot better today, and I think Brother Joel Brown did the same thing, scratched his, it's painful. If you're going to do drywall, wear goggles. <laughs> Amen. But have you enjoyed the word today? And I'm just so glad to be here. Amen. Hallelujah. Desire your prayers. I'm preaching for Brother David Siler on Wednesday night, and then I'm leaving Thursday for Canada. So we desire your prayers, the Lord, to just be with us. And just, we just love the Lord. He's just so good to us. You know, I was, uh, I was in Arizona a couple of weeks ago, and I got a text. It said, is this Brother Darrell? And I said, yes, it is. And it said, Brother Darrell, would you, would you please pray for my eyes, the Lord to heal my eyes. And I just text back and I said, the Lord healed Jessica's eyes. If he healed Jessica's eyes, he can heal yours. And just a simple prayer, just pulled off to the side and we just prayed a simple prayer. Next day I get a text from this person, said, God's healed me, I can see the clock on the wall. It's just the kind of God Glory. we say. He's so wonderful. He's so wonderful. And if he can heal their eyes, he can do whatever you have need of today. Amen. He can put it in normal rhythm, buddy. That's the kind of God we serve. Let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, our hearts are so full today of the goodness of your word. Knowing, Lord, that your prophet taught us that you don't keep your word just 99 times out of 100, but 100 times out of 100, you keep your word. Then, Father, we can have this confidence that whatever you said, you'll do it, Lord. And, Father, I'm so grateful today that we've heard these things. 
we've took them into our hearts, dear God, that we can speak these things back upon our lips, knowing, Lord, the authority that's given to us as sons and daughters of God to speak to that enemy that would try to take our land, even a Shamgard of old took the ox goat and drove him off of his land. God, you've not given us an ox goat, but you've given us your word. Lord, we could take that word and drive the enemy off of our families, off of our land, whatever the need would be. God, we're so grateful today that we have heard the word of the Lord, not some denominational ideal or some organizational program sent down from headquarters. But Father God, not an artificial intelligence, but a supreme intelligence that has come, Lord, and give us in this hour the very mind of God that we know what you won't done with your word and your word will not return unto you void. Bless Brother Donnie today, Lord, his family, dear God. Renew his strength, Lord. Bless my ministering brothers here, God. Use them in a great way. Bless your little bride around the world. And once again, Lord, thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've given us. For where would we be without you? Where would we be, Lord, without you? Oh, God, I've looked in the face of several of my army buddies. Lord, that they laughed at me when I gave my heart to you. Lord, I've looked into their faces as I've laid in a casket. But you've killed me, Lord. Thank you for all you've done for us. Go with your children now today, Lord. Bless their day. Bless Sister Mary Beth, Lord, as she starts this journey. May you reveal yourself to her in a greater way. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. God bless you, saints. Go in the fear of the Lord. Has not it been good to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. God bless you. Well, I climbed the highest mountain Looked all around, couldn't find nobody Lord, I've walked many I've walked the deepest valley Looked all around down there too Couldn't find nobody Cause there's nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Looked all around, couldn't 
Dismissing the fear of the Lord today. I don't want to leave myself, but nobody greater, are they? Nobody greater. You remember that time he came to you? You remember where you was at? And it became so real. It became so real at that moment. Nothing else mattered. He was in his presence. The doctor's report don't matter. Amen. I'll never forget in that waiting room the day that we buried Homer and Rachel. And Jessica was hurt so bad. <laughs> and I felt this warmness come over me. And a voice spoke. To my heart, said your daughter shall live. There's nobody greater. I went back to work. The the doctor friends of mine was telling me, we thought you'd lost your mind. We thought you'd had a nervous breakdown. 
because she was talking about her seeing again and walking again and all these things and the, the reports wasn't showing any of that and we was concerned, we was talking among ourselves, said, said Darrells, he's lost his mind. I said, I did. I got the mind of Christ. <laughs> I got the mind of Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you, saints. I ain't supposed to preach, God. Sing something else, Brother Harry. Don't you appreciate Brother Harry, Brother Louie, these musicians? You know, for years, I've aggravated with Brother Louie about singing specials. I, I know I can't sing. Cheryl says, just preach, don't sing. But I've always said, hey, Brother Louie, I've got a special tonight. If you need someone, he'd say, you be here at 5 o'clock. And I said, church don't start at 7. He says, exactly. You know. <laughs> and so when Brother, when Brother Louie was out to have his, his teeth worked on, I sent him a text, just joking, you know. Just, I said, Brother Louie, if you, if you need anybody to lead singing while you're out, just, just let me know. And he sent a text back, and he said, for the love of God's people, no. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So I'm going to let Brother Harry sing you something. God bless you. Well, I'm not giving up. I'm not turning around. By the grace of God, I'll wear a shining crown someday. So I'll keep holding on to that nail-scarred hand.